Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Hi everyone, I'm Lauren Rodick Everly, mama to one and a half year old baby girl Collins. I'm happy to be your host today. I'm joined by Katie Lieber. Katie Lieber is a traveler, designer, and adventure seeker, splitting her time in the USA and Switzerland when she can travel. She is passionate about family travel, adventure, creativity, and making the most out of life, regardless of life situation. She has two girls, Taylor 11 and Ava 7. In 2015, her life was turned upside down when she found out her little Ava, then 17 months old, had stage four brain cancer. After a year of helping Ava fight for her life, Katie and her family made a goal to live every moment to its fullest. Hi, Katie. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Your, your family story is a heavy one, but you bring such light to it and to life in general. So we will dive a little bit deeper into your story. But first, can you start by sharing what your family likes to do outside? Lately, since we were in the United States a lot more and since Ava happened we don't go on as many obviously foreign adventures and we have come to a and we we just have this enormous love for Yellowstone we visited the park like when I was 10 years old I visited the park and we went and saw Old Faithful and we left and that's what I think like there's a statistic that's like I don't know, 90% of people who go to Yellowstone see Old Faithful and they leave. And so when we started spending more time in the U.S., I think it was in 2017 that we went, um, we took a trip to Yellowstone. And then I started seeing like all of the, and I was just sort of like, I was sort of taken by Yellowstone. And um, I, st- I started seeing all these wildlife photos on Instagram coming out of Yellowstone. And one of them was, a wolf. Uh, I, a, it was actually the alpha female of the Wapiti pack. And she's all white now. She's like the only white wolf in the park. She was just beautiful. And it. I just looked at my daughter, Taylor, because both of my girls just love animals. And I looked at her and I said, we can do this. Like, you know, you think that like animal viewing is for like the National Geographic photographer and the wolf biologist like not for the mom that has two young kids right and um and so we started I booked a tour in the winter which if you do book a tour I would maybe not suggest the winter 
because they're very cold unless you like love the cold <laughs> and when i mean cold i mean like the coldest it's been on us is negative 25. okay but the average is like negative five ish um so anyway we booked a tour for the winter and we just we fell in love and we live in salt lake so yellowstone is like not a crazy long drive away and that is what we have been doing lately outdoors and so you call it animal tracking what you do right yeah like animal well there's there's a lot of like different names that you call would call it i guess animal viewing there's, you know, like the people who are just only wolf watchers, they just watch wolves. There's the bear watchers, you know, and the park has its like regulars of like the regular wolf watchers, the regular bear watchers. I would say we've become kind of regulars. We go up there like almost twice a month, which is a little wow. bit insane, <laughs> but we like, we absolutely love it. And I have just like, I've just fallen in love with it with like the animal watching um we've started birding um and it has been so incredibly helpful during covid too right um just like we know where to, to go in the park to kind of stay away from people um we know the places we can say to be safe and and where we can camp you know because ava's yeah. still immunocompromised right so that's kind of what we do right now outdoors um, and this past summer, we actually, because Ava isn't, Ava can't hike uh, very far at all. Um, we have a backpack for her, but she's almost 45 pounds. So, you know, that's a, it's a big load, especially yeah. when they're screaming in your ear. Right. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh. Um, but we did take her backpacking in Yellowstone this summer oh, wow. and it was, it was on a very, you know, short trail, but we have a really good friend who is a guide there and he helped us plan it. And um, my girls just absolutely love him. His name is Evan and he um, has his own company called Yellowstone Wildlife Guide. Okay. And he helped us plan the like perfect backpacking trip for the girls. I don't know. It was just such, it was a huge accomplishment for us because I don't know, like I said, hiking with Ava is really difficult and I absolutely love hiking, but it's just something that I can't do a lot with her, Right. but we were able to do it despite the fact that we did have to carry her uh, with our backpacks on a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, that is, that so, is not a little accomplishment. That is a huge accomplishment. That is fantastic yeah. that you found a way to make that work. Yeah. So that's kind of our outdoor thing that we've just been like we have honestly just it's a little bit of an obsession yeah that we just go <laughs> to yellowstone and people will always say like which geyser should i go to and we're like oh we don't know because we never go to the geysers because they're so crowded and we just like i said both my girls love animals my husband loves animals i love animals so it's become like a new hobby for us which is kind of fun that is so cool. Um, Such a cool hobby to then get you out in nature. And are you looking for specific animals when you go to areas? Like, do you know, okay, this is where the wolves are going to be and that kind of thing? Or is it kind of you set up shop and then you see what animals come roaming through? Um, no, you had, you definitely, you know, will drive around and you, I mean, we've, we've gone so much now that we kind of know where to find the wolves or where to look for the wolves. Um, and we, kind of know where to look for bears and um a few other things and then like i said we go out a lot with our friend who um he 
you know, guides in the park. So he knows where everything is. I feel like, I mean, they obviously are wild animals, so they move around, but they have a really good beat on where the action is. So that's always helpful. Yeah. What's the distance that then you keep from the animals? For apex predators, like bears, wolves, um, mountain lions, although we haven't seen any mountain lions, you're supposed to stay a hundred yards away. And then for, you know, like bison, elk, pronghorn, all the other animals, you're supposed to say 25 yards away. I think it is. So yeah. And there's definitely been some times, like, especially this summer where a bison got killed on the road. And so the park pulled the bison carcass one exactly 100 yards away from the road or 101 yards away from the road and then you know wolves came up and were eating it and so it makes for really really good viewing and then sometimes we're looking at wolves that are two miles away through a spotting scope right um so it's a combination okay of both you know and then we've we have had instances where you know, a, a wolf been trotting down the road in front of us, in in front of our car and um, things like that as well. So, so yeah. cool. So cool. I just, I read recently how to raise a wild child and there's a lot of birding talk in it. So it got me more interested oh. in that. So now you talk about yeah. this, I need to add another hobby to my list. That's amazing. I know. I think, I think we really got into like birding when COVID happened, you know, cause I was like, well, let's get some bird feeders and put them in the backyard. And um, my daughter also signed us up for a program here in Utah that you, they, they assign you an area and then you observe uh, raptors. So birds of prey, and you have to like record all the information and stuff. So, you know, Taylor signed us up for that. So we go do that. Plus we just do like you know, our backyard birding and whatever. I'm still not a very good birder, but it's fun. I, I'm the worst. I mostly just enjoy the sounds and I have lots to learn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all that matters. As long as yeah. you enjoy it. I think right. that's all that matters. Yeah. Okay. Well, I could have had that whole conversation just on that, but we did say earlier, <laughs> <laughs> we would talk about your youngest diagnosis. So she was diagnosed you said 17 months. Can you tell yeah. us how that diagnosis went and what she was diagnosed with? Ava? You know, in her 12 month checkup, she wasn't walking, but you know, they were like, oh, she'll be fine. And we were like, oh yeah, you know, she's great. And she just started to get really grumpy. She was a very colicky baby. And I just sort of felt like the colic started coming back. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And she just, I would say within a month's time, she sort of just went downhill as far as her, she, she wasn't walking at all. She was no longer like cruising along furniture anymore. Um, She was kind of tilting her head a little, a funny little way. And she was extremely grumpy. So we called our pediatrician. He said, come right in. And he, and this was all in Switzerland too. Okay. So Um, you guys are from Switzerland, right? No. So we're from Utah. We're from Utah, but we were living in Switzerland. Okay. And that's, and yeah, how you split your time because you just like to 
go back. Yeah. Yeah. Because we still have our, we still have our house there and my husband still works there and everything. So, but yeah, so we were in Switzerland, we took her to the pediatrician and he just took one look at her and said, go to the emergency room. And we were like, okay, he's being a little like cautious. Cause you know, that's, that's, the way they are and that's fine so we went to the emergency room and they said well we need to do an MRI we can get you scheduled I think it was like the next day and this neurologist came to me and she said uh she was just talking to me about some things and she said worst case scenario this is a tumor and I was like oh it is not a tumor yeah and she's like worst case scenario this is a tumor and I was like oh okay and I just was like, okay, it, but it's going to be okay. You know, you just, you always think like, that's not me. That's not going to happen to me. And so she had her MRI and it, it had been taking a lot longer. They had to sedate her obviously, because it was a been like an hour long. We were waiting in the waiting room and um, I started seeing all these doctors walk into like the MRI, like talking to the other doctors and I was just like and we were the last MRI of the day and I just said to my husband Matt I just said this isn't good look at all these people and he's like oh they're probably just getting off work you know because it was like 5 30 and I'm like oh yeah you're probably right he's like they're probably just like meeting their buddies and you know whatever we were just coming up with every excuse to try and not believe what our reality would be And then they came in and they said, we would like to introduce you to Dr. Grotzer, who is the neuro-oncologist. And immediately, like, I burst into tears, you know, and they're like, okay, we better, like, take you to a room somewhere. So as we're walking down the hall, going to the room, my husband, Matt, he was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not even, I don't even know if I understood it correctly. What is oncology? Cause like at that point you're just, I mean, he obviously knew what oncology was, but you're just like, wait, do I know that word? And I said, no, it's, it's cancer. And then he lost it. And yeah, so Ava had, was diagnosed with a uh, metadulloblastoma, which is a brain tumor. It was about the size of a baseball and it was at the, it's in the back of your brain, like where your, your motor function basically is. And it had grown sort of into her ears. It had also spread to her brain fluid and it had spread down her spine. She was worst case scenario. She was like, she should, people always say like, what stage was she? And I don't even know that we asked. I don't think we wanted to know, but later one of the doctors said she was staged. She shouldn't be alive today. I mean, it was beyond anything. Yeah. So that was, you know, our immediate reality was, so what they did. So after Ava's MRI, she had so much pressure and fluid built up on her brain that they had to rush her into emergency surgery to, um, to alleviate the fluid off of her brain. So they put a tube that, you know, kind of for lack of a better description, I have no medical background, so forgive me, but it was just a tube like coming out of her head and the fluid was just draining out. So yeah, she was in intensive care for a day after that. And then a couple of days later, they did the, the resection of the, they took out the tumor and um, her surgery was 
total, it was 13 hours. They, we were lucky because they were able to, you know, take out most of the tumor, put her in the MRI machine, see what, how much of the tumor was left, do more surgery, and then close her up. So all in all, it was 13 hours and it was, and then she was in the ICU for about a week after that. Then we began our cancer journey, which we thought would end, but it has not. Yeah. So. Thank, thank you for sharing that story. I'm sure it never gets easier to say. And yeah. so what, what is it looking like now? You said it, it didn't end the journey isn't over. Yeah. So Ava went through so like some pretty brutal chemo. She didn't go through any radiation when kids are uh, younger than three. They don't like to do radiation because it really affects their development. So we were, we were lucky and she didn't have to have radiation, but she had nine months of extremely intense chemotherapy. And when we brought her home from the hospital, she was two but she was almost like a newborn. In fact, she was like a newborn. Um, she didn't know how to eat well. Um, she, she could kind of sit up. She could kind of crawl. But basically, she had to relearn everything. And um, I, don't think we, I don't think we realized, you know, the ramifications of what chemo would do to her. Because, um, so she didn't learn to walk. They actually thought she may not ever learn to walk. But once we, once they said, you know what, we're not sure if she'll be, ever be able to walk. We decided, well, we better get her a really nice walker and, you know, make this easier for her. So we got this really nice, like bright yellow walker and put a little bike basket on it and all this stuff. And she hated it. Oh, and no. Yeah. And I think that's why she's walking today because she hated her walker. <laughs> she's so, like, I refuse to use that. It was, that was basically what it was. She was like, no, I'm, I'm not using this and I will walk. So she learned to walk. She was about three and a half. Um, and then we found out about that same time that she had lost um, a lot of hearing. So she got hearing aids. And then uh, we found out that she got, that her, she lost even more hearing. So then she had to get cochlear implants. But just the aftermath of what a brain tumor does to kids is, it's pretty heartbreaking. Ava right now, I would say, has the physical ability of about a three-year-old. And she's seven, you know, she lost most of her hearing. She also has like the uh, fine motor skills of maybe like a two-year-old, despite being in therapy for five years. And I mean, she's come a really long way, but it's very, very slow. You know, there's always, she does, we found a couple of years ago, they found some liver lesions. Um, so she has some lesions in her liver that they're just keeping a close eye on that they don't turn into anything. And so we're just hoping that that doesn't happen, yeah. but just, you know, the amount of like physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech, and then, you know, like all of the checkups, plus there's always liver failure, heart failure, kidney failure that are on the horizon. You don't know when they're going to happen, but you know, at some point, one of those organs is probably going to fail or more, one or more. So yeah, I think when we started chemotherapy, I think we thought, oh yeah, she'll do chemo and she'll be done and life will be normal. 
but it is definitely not the case for at least I know brain tumor, you know, kids that have had brain tumors. Yes. It's life will never be normal according to, at least according to what normal is, I guess. Right. Right. And do you find you see a difference in how people respond to Ava? Because like you said, her motor skills and whatnot might be less than a seven-year-old, but she looks like a seven-year-old, right? Yeah. Do people definitely are, you know, people will say, well, what's wrong with her or why is she slow or why can't she hear, you know, and little kids will pick up on it more. So I think adults just kind of, you know, they see something, but they don't necessarily say anything. Whereas little kids are like, what's wrong with your kid? You know? And I'm like, oh, she just, you know, needs a little bit of extra help. And, but I think the most heartbreaking thing is now Ava is realizing that she's, that she's different and she can't keep up with the other kids she can't go at the same speed as the other kids. She can't do the same things, And um, I think that has probably been the hardest thing to watch so far. Well, and obviously like your day-to-day as a family has changed immensely in every aspect, but what do you think the biggest change has been since Eva's diagnosis? I think the biggest change for us has just been that we just have to plan more which sounds odd because, you know, you plan a lot, but I think we just have to plan activities and things around Ava. And we can't just say like, oh, hey, like, let's go for a hike or let's go. You know, I think our flexibility is just a little bit more limited, even though we're actually quite flexible um, and sort of do things last minute. You know, we always have to plan like, okay, do we have her cochlear batteries? is this an activity that Ava can do or is she just going to get frustrated and, and realize that she can't do it and it's just going to be a bust. Um, So I think that just, you know, because Taylor, our oldest is so easy and so flexible and just is up for anything. Whereas with Ava, she's not necessarily up for everything because, or anything because she, she can't do a lot of stuff. And she knows it. She's starting to realize it. So I think that's probably the biggest change along with like, you know, all the therapy appointments and driving her to school every day, you know, all that stuff, but that's kind of secondary. And and what has the outdoors done for Ava? Obviously it sounds like as a family, you guys love it, but has it been kind of a healing place for her or? Yeah, I think so. I think especially watching her watch animals has been huge. She, she just adores animals. We have two dogs and a horse and to see her being outside in the proximity of animals has been probably one of the most healing things I think I've seen. You know, she's figured out how to use binoculars and she's figured out how, if she covers one eye, then she can see in a spotting scope. Just seeing her get excited about animals has probably, you know, because it's, she doesn't have to prove anything to them. Whereas, you know, if we're on a hike with other kids her age, she just falls behind. But when she's, you know, either outside with her horse or with our dogs or viewing wolves in Yellowstone or bears, she doesn't have anything to prove to them. And I think that is what 
I think that's what's kind of healing for her right. is just the animal connection. And I think that's such a beautiful lesson of living in the moment. You had said yeah. how you guys like to live in the moment and watching animals, there could not yeah. be anything more than living in the moment. You're right there with them. You're not distracted by anything else. You're taking them in. You're waiting for them to do their next thing. Exactly. When Ava was diagnosed and we were talking to the oncologist, he said to us, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. And if you can adhere to this advice, he said, I promise you, this will make going through chemo and the whole process a lot easier. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm ready for this advice. You know, like what it's, this is going to be something amazing. He's going to say, and he said, you need to live in the moment. And I was like, Wow. I wanted to say, like, are you crazy? Like, my kid was just diagnosed with cancer, and you're telling me to live in the moment? And then, you know, once we spent some time in the hospital, I realized that he he was 100% correct. He said to us, you know, don't think about what you could have done to prevent this. Don't think about where you may be in a year. Because he says, because you don't know. He said, all you have is right now with your little girl. So make it count. Um, and it has been such a profound lesson to us. And like you said, I think with, with animal viewing, you know, you're not worried about what they're going to do tomorrow or, you know, in a year, what's going to happen. You're just, you're in the moment and you're watching them and you're enjoying them right now. So that's, um, that was a valuable lesson for us. We tried our best to live in the moment. Obviously there were, there are still times when we really worry when, you know, she has a scan or, you know, when she's, you know, presenting certain symptoms, then of course we go straight from like zero to a thousand with worry. But yeah, that was probably the best advice. And I think, I think you're right with animal viewing. It's the same thing. And such a valuable lesson to share. So thank you for that. It sounds like Taylor is such an amazing, supportive older sister. And she's clearly very into animals too. But did I see she's doing dog sledding? Yes. (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So she, yeah, she loves dogs. Oh my gosh. She loves dogs so much. If we could have all the dogs, we would have all the dogs. Right. (laughs) Um, And she's been asking for a dog for Christmas forever. And so last year we finally got her a Sepala Husky, which they use a lot in dog sledding. (laughs) Yeah. So she does a dog camp in the summer and then her dog will start dog sledding. She turns a year. So when she's about 14 months old, they can start running, you know, really hard with like a team and stuff. So, but yeah, she does dog sledding and she just absolutely loves it. It's her happy place. So such unique hobbies again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I am loving this. (laughs) Everyone needs to check all that out. You have an open profile, right? That people can check out all along. What is it? Yeah. Um, It's Tava Adventures. So it's T-A-V-A-D-E-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. Perfect. Is there, I'll link that up in the show notes. Is there anywhere else people should find you to follow along or is Instagram? Um, We have a website, but I haven't really been updating any of it lately. I actually haven't been that active on Instagram, but I'm going to try to be a little more active. 
maybe this this chat will inspire you to get more dog stuff up <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and she starts she starts her dog camp or yeah her musher camp this weekend so it's fun she loves it we have ordered a dog sled I don't know we'll see where it takes her but yeah. she's she loves it so you have a wonderful family thank you for sharing your story today and for that valuable lesson of living in the moment I Uh think that's a big takeaway so we will jump into these final rapid fire questions so in the last few months what was the best purchase you made under a hundred dollars probably a dog sled is way more than oh yeah oh my gosh Um, I would say the best purchase we make, and it is often, is our cookies after Ava's doctor's appointments. So every time we have to go to Primary Children's in Salt Lake, which is like the big children's hospital, uh, we stop at Mrs. Backer's, unless the appointment is on a Monday, which we try to make the appointments not on a Monday because they're not open on Mondays. We always go to Mrs. Backer's, which is like a famous, they make cakes, but they also make cookies. And we always get cookies. That is a good question. <laughs> that's, our, that's our thing. Um, that's, it's just kind of like a celebratory, like we, we made it through the appointment, let's go get cookies. And it's the one thing that I just love to buy. And Ava gets so excited about it. You bring a light to that situation. That's amazing. Yeah. We try. Yeah. <laughs> Can you share a book, show, or podcast recommendation right now? Um, yeah, there are two books that I have been um, reading. Can I share two? Books? Yeah, of course. Okay. One is the, it's a series. There's actually three books and they're by Rick McIntyre. And the one I'm reading is the second one, which is The Reign of Wolf 21. But it's a three-part series about um, basically like the introduction to uh, Yellowstone wolves. And then he talks about like three special wolves in each book. So the first book is Wolf 8. And then he talks about uh, 21. And I am trying, I just completely spaced what the third wolf was. So I'm reading that. And it's extremely interesting to get Rick's take on it because he's actually, um, he actually is out every single day looking at wolves in Yellowstone. Really, really sweet guy. And um, he's a really great storyteller. Okay, so Um, all factual information then too. Yes. So that one's fun. And then I'm reading, this one's definitely factual. It's uh, called Yellowstone Wolves, uh, Science and Discovery in the World's First National Park. And it just talks about like wolves. And again, like the, it talks about the reintroduction and the biology of wolves. And just because I'm so fascinated with them that I, I, I want to learn more about like their biology and their social structure. And so, yeah, so I'm kind of reading between the two right now. And I, I love them both. So great suggestions. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, and last question of the day. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore? We would take a, well, I don't know if it would be a cruise or what, but we would want the Arctic. We want to see polar bears. Yes. Yes, this is but we want to like <laughs> we want to go like Greenland, like through Canada, the Arctic, come out on the other side, um, and see all of the Arctic, you know, Arctic wolves, our 
polar bears, beluga whales, like that's, that's my dream right there. Oh, that's amazing. And you, do you know about Churchill, Manitoba? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe if you want to see polar bears, that's on your list too. We were just talking to a lady from bear safety and she was just visiting Churchill. I was like, wow. <laughs> I know. I, I know a girl who was just up there and I'm just like, oh, I'm so jealous right now. So well, yeah. At some point the girls. I know. I hope so too. Yeah. They would love it. And they don't, the nice thing about it is they don't mind the cold. So right. we would be totally fine. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sending that to the universe that you get to do that. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for chatting today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.